to episode 131 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and once again, back alongside me, as always, is... Bringing it back, apparently, by the little... Do, 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 yeah. do. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Chris Vint, and yes, uh, we are back with another podcast, and uh, oh, was it, uh, it was uh, five years ago apparently that um, Celeste, Dylan and Mike were on talking uh, with us about Doctor Who. Funnily enough, that is not too long ago up on the feed as part of a trip back into the Retroshock vaults as well. Because apparently I put up that photo of Bernard Cribbins and then you wrote your bit on the side. Oh, well, um, you wouldn't argue that, really, and would you? Ted like? Dillon wrote the ultimate bromance, the power couple, Barris or Chinard. And I was like, well, I, don't, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> okay, I do not yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, welcome to a Retroshock News, everybody. Before we get stuck into the news, let's get the plugs and all out the way. If you'd like to get in contact with us on the show, feel free to drop us a tweet on Twitter at RetroShockPod. You can also drop us a DM on there if you have something a bit longer to say. If you want to see something specifically on the show, be it TV, movie, video game, comic book, topic, whatever it is, just drop us a message and we'd love to hear from you about that. You can also tweet both Chris and I uh, directly, just at Alan GW Price, and he's at Vento316. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook. Just search Operation RetroShock on there. And there's a page and I'll set up for you to drop us a message. Or if you want to simply leave us a lovely review if you're enjoying the show, you can do so on the likes of iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. And if you're in America, please take a screen grab and send it to us because we can't view the American side of things. It's disgraceful. So, we'll just dive straight in, shall we, yeah? Yes, do yeah. you want to go first or do you want me to? I'll let you lead the way. Okay, well, we wouldn't do a Retroshock News without goodness for sake. We wouldn't uh, I missed one little bit of trivia, which would be to do with Star Wars. I don't know what that sentence meant, but we wouldn't miss out Star Wars on Retroshock News is what I was trying to say, but that didn't come out. So, uh, Rogue One Star Wars prequel series announced for Disney streaming service. Get ready for more of the Rebel Captain. Disney CEO and Chairman Bob Iger announced Thursday that a second Star Wars live-action series is in development for Disney's streaming service called Disney+. Plus. The series will be a prequel to Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and will fe- feature Cassius Andor in the Cassian, years... Cassian, you said it again. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, prior to the events of the film, Diego Luna will be reprising his role as Andor. Um, he said, going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me. I have so many memories of the great work we did together and the relationships I made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us and this new exciting format will give us a chance to explore this character more deeply. Uh, Disney said the prequel will be, in inverted commas, a rising spy thriller that will focus on espionage and dangerous missions to help restore hope in the galaxy, taking place during the Empire and the years forming the Rebellion. Um, so obviously some people are saying that if you bring back... Um, him you should bring back uh, K2SO which whose name of the actor Alan Tudyk oh, for, oh, thank you I, I could picture him in my head but I just couldn't think of the name so what are your thoughts on this after obviously we're getting the, um, the Mandalorian one are you excited for this one that it's actually going to be to do with a character that we weren't I wouldn't say that I was not um, enamoured with yeah I, I was kind of a case of with him it, his character was there 
And yeah. I actually thought that the likes of Baez and Chirik for me were the better ones and okay. K2S2, K2SO kind of overshadowed him a little bit. Okay, I can get that. Um, well, this all kind of came part and parcel in a package. We'll talk about something else from that uh, later on. But off the whole announcement that Disney Plus is now the official title of this Disney streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody really expected that we were going to get more Star Wars news out of it. I think yeah. because we got The Mandalorian not too long ago, mm-hmm. everybody was just like, right, that's and it. And Wars kinda, as well. Yeah, you know, like that's that's kind of going to be the starting point for Star Wars on this streaming service. Um, so yeah, this was a bit of a surprise. Am I interested, intrigued, or excited? Um, I would go with interested. Okay. I'm not going to say I'm excited just mm. yet, because... I think the one thing for me is, yes, I'm interested. I would like to see him back there with KTSO, etc. Because their relationship was one of the best parts of Rogue yeah. One. It's quite common knowledge on here now that Rogue One has fairly slipped down my rankings of Star Wars movies since it came out. Um, but their back and forth banter and stuff like that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So this, from what I've read of it all... This sounds like this is going to be more in the earlier side of things. So we're not talking just like six months before Rogue One or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, we're talking more back maybe a few years at least. So sort of maybe the the Rebels yeah. sort of time frame. They kind of were I think from about four or five years before the Battle of Scarf. Mm-hmm. Then right up to it. So you could see some interesting crossovers happen. You could see Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. potentially in there because it's quite obvious in that time frame she's still working for the at least early same, parts of the rebellion same way with Hera as well that uh, she's mentioned in and then obviously you see Chopper yeah. in Rogue One so whether that's something that's dropped into it there's a lot of potential there for cameos and all mm-hmm. but I think the one thing that has me sticking at sort of an interested level and not out and out excitement is we seem to be going back to the same well here over and over again. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is this time period. This sort of small four or five sort of maybe to ten year gap before the original saga. Mm-hmm. So we had Rebels. We had Rogue One. Uh, the Mandalorian is going to follow the original trilogy. Okay. And then, you know, they seem to be focusing on it as well, Solo mm-hmm. was in that time period as well. So I think I would have been more excited if they turned around and said, right, we're either going to go way past and into like a far future or way, way back, you know, to either just before the prequels. Yeah. That sort of time period maybe. So, so almost like his upbringing kind of thing, you know, like him maybe as like... Like like with Soto, like as a almost like a teenager or yeah. a, a young adult kind of thing. Not even necessarily him for like obviously pre. If you went pre prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. he, I don't think he would just probably be alive for that. But I think the reason why they maybe haven't gone for a younger Cassian is because number one they can still bring Diego Luna back yeah. then to play him, and if it's only a few years before Rogue One, then you don't have to worry about touching up and de-aging them and stuff, Mm -hmm. because it's a TV show, you're not going to invest that sort of money into it, but that sort of time period where he would be growing up is awfully crowded with 
the likes of the Clone Wars yeah. and all that's been going on there. So it's had plenty of stories going on there. Um, but no, I'm interested, but I think it'll all depend what direction they go with it. It sounds like they're going to go very dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. So they are. So whether you would see the likes of a K3SO in there. Yeah. They've done a comic with how they met. Mm-hmm. So they have. So whether you could see an actual interpretation of that in the show at some point. Yeah. I think would be cool. Um, what are your feelings about it? It's not one that I'll stay up until midnight waiting for it to go on to that, you know, to then watch it. It will be something that I watch, um, but I'm just interested to see whether we have this character and then we have like a whole, you know, whether he has like one or two people with him or whether we have like a whole new crew. Um, and then going from that, whether we see little hints things you know like i know you said the mandalorian is after like jedi but whether this whether they do like a little drop of somebody in that kind of armor in this and kind of teasing yeah. into that you know kind of little easter egg here and there um but i'll i'll watch it um it'll just be interesting to see not the time frames of where they're set but the time frames of whenever they come out you know like yeah. so well it be a case of you know like with the likes of the what used to be four Marvel shows on Netflix, which is now two, you know, like, and it would be a case of every so often you would get a new thing of that coming out. Yeah. So whether we get one at the t- at the start of the year and one in the middle, and then something, and yeah. then you know, like Clone Wars at the end of the year, yeah. whether it's kind of spread out that way, um, because I don't think you really want to have your live action thing going into Christmas. 2019 with mm-hmm. you know like episode 9 coming out because that's going to get overshadowed whereas I think the love for the Clone Wars saga out of the three things that they would stream on it would it be the one that you would put not directly in competition with episode 9 but you know like maybe contrast. maybe that to finish as episode 9 you know like the week of episode 9 coming out that comes out you know, that airs, the last episode airs on the Monday and then episode nine comes out on the Friday, say. Yeah. And then you've got that, you know, like a nice... Star Wars week. Yeah, exactly. So something there to buffer the, the fans of the series and the fans of the films as well. But it'll be something I watch, but I'm just interested to see how they do it. And, you know, is this going to be like a, a James Bond, Star Wars kind of thing, yeah. you know? Um, I would say out of the three things that have been announced, obviously for the... Disney streaming service this is probably the one I'm least excited mm-hmm. for you've got Clone Wars of course as you said it would probably be right at the top there for me at the minute closely followed by The Mandalorian simply because Favreau's involved in that yeah. but the more you do think about this one the more potential you have for just those cameos mm-hmm. like we mentioned obviously Ahsoka and Hera there but even folks that we've already seen in yeah. the movies so you could have Bail Organa you could have Mon Mothma you in there Rex. you could have Rex you mm-hmm. know there's a load of characters you can pull from. Now, this is thinking way ahead here, and this is just complete and utter just a uh, spitball that's popped into my head. Let's throw it out there. Um, but we see Cassian for the first time, obviously, at the start of Rogue One, mm-hmm. on like that, what could you call it, that dark, grimy sort of space station-y place, where he's meeting like that contact. Yes, and yes. And he shoots that contact in the back. Yeah. That would be an interesting place if that's where the show ended like if that was where its oh, series yeah, that, finale that's, ended that's a good idea and then yeah. boom off you go and that's because he's got one arm and he can't climb up and then you go like oh exactly. well you know and then <clears throat> but that's another interesting point to take from it that 
it was meant to be a visual interpretation to show well the rebellion isn't all sunshine and rainbows they aren't just yeah. the good guys fighting yeah. against the empire they are equally willing to get their hands dirty mm-hmm. on missions yeah so this is where you have to think as well as will this be equally as dark and gritty mm-hmm. going forward and will it be more geared up for could he be part older of the, audience could he be part of the boffins that many boffins died and he survives but many boffins died to bring them that information don't start that debate now because okay. we know we know that's not the first okay. death star here that's the second death star well people will be shouting maybe they forgot about it oh I left in the sock drawer here it is here I, remember, I actually saw something very recently I think it was from what's his name I know his first name's Matthew but he's like one of the you know team at Lucasfilm that are part of the storyboard team you know mm-hmm. that likes Orion Johnson everybody sits down and talks to and he was saying that it's now actually very up in the air what the Bothans are everybody assumes they are a race of alien or something yeah. like that but he's just saying it could be another code name for another group Not just true. so yeah. um, so that sounds to me like they've been thinking about that mm. so that could again be something that you could see explored down the line Probably, I'd say, more likely on the streaming service. Yeah, but then probably the year after. Because I don't think they would want to give us so much Star Wars, but maybe they'll go like three a year or something like that, you know. Absolutely. But But yeah, you know, I like Star Wars. I'm not going to say no to, Mm -hmm. you know, watching it. Especially if it's something that I can watch at... Your leisure. My le- <laughs> Funny, I was, thinking, leisure. I was thinking that I was thinking about your leisure. Like, what's leisure? Because I think it's fair to say we're going to be subscribed to the streaming service because of all the Star Wars content. And then anything else is really a bonus as well. Pretty much, yeah. So it is. So, And we'll talk about that other bonus stuff in a while. So we'll move on to our next bit of news. And that is mine. And we're going to dive into some retro video game goodness. And that is the PlayStation Classic, which is only a number of weeks away from release. A load of uh, press and uh, you know, basically big video game article places. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we were busy that day. <laughs> we were busy that day. We had work. Um, we're invited to PlayStation's headquarters in uh, London, England. Home of the uh, Queen Mother. Home of the Queen Mother. And they got to sit down and actually you know, play about with the PlayStation Classic. And it's fair to say that news coming out from this event, I'm not going to say on the whole because I haven't seen every article that's out there, but a good few articles that I have seen are basically coming out saying it's a tad underwhelming of an experience for them. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt. Uh, This is from Eurogamer.net. So, as a piece of simple engineering then, the PlayStation Classic is a triumph, a perfectly adorable shrunken down version of the original that would look just splendid on your shelf. It's only really when you plug it in and play that things start to fall apart a little. The front end is front end is responsive, if not exactly attractive, though its graphical stylings are at least period correct for the mid-90s games. Um, there are next to no options. You'll have no ability to enable a screensaver, tinker with the power saving modes and language. That's about it. There are no screen filters, nothing to try to soothe the transition of these games onto TVs that were never they were never designed for. The output is 720p, a logical enough choice, giving the majority of these games here uh, debuted at 244p. Isn't that wow. just scary? Um, some problems are more specific to the actual PlayStation Classic, though again, they're ones you can't necessarily blame Sony for. The game selection is, to put it politely, anemic. 
uh, with titles that made PlayStation a household name Wipeout, Gran Turismo, Tomb Raider entirely absent. Part of the problem is also part of the original PlayStation's pioneering. Uh, as arguably the first console of the modern era, it's also one of the first bogged down with issues of licensing when it comes to music tracks brought to it from elsewhere, or in this case, Gran Turismo with auto manufacturers. Getting a hold of those licenses again could be a pain. In some cases, it's an impossibility in the modern age. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to comparing it to what we've already experienced mm-hmm. with these retro classic consoles. And that is, of course, Nintendo's uh, NES and SNES. Don't tweet me about how I'm saying SNES. That's how I say it. Yeah, I would say SNES. Uh-huh. Not S-N-E-S. SNES. No. I hear people say. Says, I say NES, I don't say N-E-S. Yeah. But they set the benchmark. Mm-hmm. And yes, you could say you're still, yes, you're limited with those amount of games that are on those machines. But I think with Nintendo... It's far easier a job to do than PlayStation. I think the big factor for me is the Nintendo, the the NES or the SNES or the Nintendo Entertainment System or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. No matter what game you put on your TV, it look it holds up well. Whereas whenever you see the trailers for like Metal Gear Solid or Tekken, it's blocky mm-hmm. and it looks the best game that looks on that PlayStation classic for me was Rayman. Yeah. Because it's a platformer, whereas anything that's very real is meant to be realistic. Doesn't like if they it'd be like if they had an N sixty four mini and they put GoldenEye in it. GoldenEye would look blocky because yeah. that's how it was. Because they were trying to capture Pierce Brosnan look alike, Sean Bean look alike, you and know, job. In, in, an odd job if you could see him. <laughs> but with the likes of that, if that was to be on an N sixty four mini, which it never will be, but if that was to be on that. That would be same riddled with the same problems. Yes, like to say the Gran Turismo and the licensing tracks and stuff. If with the likes of say as we talked about um, a couple of episodes ago with Grand Theft Auto Four and the the music and the fact that the music had to be changed and there was like a patch for that. What's to stop them going in and requiring new licenses or licenses that they already own and swap the music off before they put it onto that? Yeah, it just seems like it's very much a. Nintendo are making a big deal of this. Let's us make a big deal of this oh, and then do that, which is fine. But like you say about the game selection being anemic, there's not one game on that that I've went, oh, I really want to buy that. I really want that. Yeah. Like of Resident Evil, why would you spend 90 quid on a miniature version of a console whenever the majority of us own a PlayStation 4 or Xbox could spend a fraction of that for the HD remake? Yeah. Absolutely. Same with Metal Gear Solid. Why would you want to play that whenever on the GameCube you have the HD remake or you can just go ahead and get like the second one or play the fifth one? Yeah. So there's a lot of games in that that I was like jumping flash, really. You know, with the likes of the NES or the SNES one, there was maybe one or two games. I was like, well, I wouldn't have went for that. But maybe this is the first time people have played Earthbound, Super Mario RPG, which never came out over here. So they should have, I think they missed a trick there of putting an American game that maybe people hadn't played before. Yeah. You know, nobody had played Star Fox 2, so they put that on the SNES. So why didn't they go, here's a game here, like uh, Xenogears, I think, or Parasite Eve. They were big games in America. Parasite Eve obviously done by, I think it was Squaresoft. 
um, but it was a big game in America, so why not bring that over to the UK, to Europe, and people may have never played it before, so I get what I get. I get what they're saying and I've heard that, you know, like it is, like the menu system is very uh, basic and it just seems to me like it's just been almost like a rush job, Yeah. you know, and it seems to be that unless it's a main PlayStation console, take the VR, take Vita, take PSP, it wasn't really supported, you know, like how long has VR been out? Almost two years. Yeah. And you look at the cat, the in inverted commas catalogue of games for that it's not very expensive at the all Vita doesn't have games anymore you yeah. know so it's a case of with this it's almost like let's get this out for Christmas which is fine but you know like with me working for game there's been the NES and SNES which we reached our allocation we still have pre-orders available for the PlayStation really? Mini and that for me speaks volumes oh yeah you know because people are like well I can get it on the PlayStation Store or I already have the classic I version. Think, I think the big thing is the Vista games. Because mm-hmm. if they came out and went, oh, you've Gran Turismo, oh, you've Tomb Raider, oh, you've Metal Gear, oh, you've this, oh, you've that. You know, key titles that made the PlayStation films. Crash Bandicoot, original Spyro, those sort of games. But it's because they have the HD remake that they don't uh-huh. have that. But here's, an, here's a question for you. If this was instead of a PlayStation Classic, this was a PlayStation 1 and 2 Classic. Mm-hmm. So if this had, instead of having the PlayStation 2, because obviously we knew PlayStation 1 games work on the PlayStation 2. So say this had, say this was instead of £90, say it was £150, but had PlayStation 2 games and PlayStation 1 games, would that have interested you more than, say, just a PlayStation 1? Oh, potentially, but I still would have been equally as interested in a PlayStation 1 classic if the games had been good. Mm-hmm. That's That's the simple thing. And what I was saying in regards to the whole Nintendo thing, because at the end of the day, these machines are basically just Raspberry Pis. Yeah. You know, they're little you know boards with the games put on them with an emulator. Yeah. Put in a fancy case. Mm-hmm. So they're not that amazing a piece of kit. Anybody can go on, plug a USB into their SNES Classic, and really put whatever SNES games on there if they want. Totally illegal, of course, but they could do it if they really wanted to mm-hmm. and had the resources to get those yeah. games. Nothing can stop you because the emulator is on mm. machine. Yeah. Um. So I'd say it'll probably fairly quickly happen with this PlayStation One, but I think it is a harder job for PlayStation to do because of the huge variety of games there are. Nintendo have such a strong back catalogue of first party titles. Mm-hmm. You know, they're Mario's, they're Yoshi's, they're Donkey Kong's. You know, all these games. Star Fox. That they can just go, yep, that's ours, that's ours, that's ours, that's ours, boom, yeah, on it goes. And you usually, like, yes, there's a handful, you could say, across the NES and the SNES that you go, well, I'm not too worried about that or I'm not too worried about that. Mm-hmm. But it's fair to say that 80% to 90% of the games on the relevant Nintendo classics, yeah, you'll play for a bit mm-hmm. and you'll be happy to play for a bit. Whereas there's maybe one or two things really on this PlayStation classic I'm just like... Yeah, maybe. So, I think, so, like, I still have my pre-order, but there's a chan- very good chance I'm going to just cancel it because there's no point me just dropping £90 to say I have a PlayStation Classic. Yeah. Because I think there's a good chance that this is going to be hanging around for a while, at least in the shops, because I'd say Sony won't have held back with the number produced. Mm-hmm. So you could find this for half the price. Yeah, this isn't going six to be... six months' time. This, I don't think this is going to be an eBay scalper kind of thing like no. the NES and SNES was. 
Because that's the sort of thing. That was the main reason I put my pre-order in. Not because I was going to scalp it and send it on to eBay or whatever. Mm. But I was thinking, right, this is going to be that situation where every man and their dog will want this. Yeah. So I'll put my pre-order in and wait. Because I think that's a big mistake they made as well, is the fact that when they first announced it, they were like, oh, here's here's like three games. Yeah, here's five games and we'll announce the rest later. And I was like, well, why? Why can't you announce the all the games now? Because if you'd announced the top lineup of games at the very beginning, boom, you'd have had your full allocations. I think that's maybe what they were afraid of, was that? Was the fact of them putting the games on and everyone going, really? Yeah. Like, where's Gran Turismo? Where's, where's this? Where's that? You know, exactly. So. But yes, um, not so good on the PlayStation Classic front, eh? No. No, I'll not be getting one myself, but anyway. So, moving on to more uh, Disney+, Plus because Disney is bringing out the big guns to compete with Netflix. Marvel plans new TV show starring Loki, Scarlet Witch and more. While major changes afoot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it moves towards Phase 4, those eager for more from certain existing characters are in luck. Disney and Marvel have confirmed plans to create a show centred around Loki with actor Tom Hiddleston set to return to their role. Unfortunately, there were a few details shared on that basic premise. This confirmation came as part of a broader announcement about Disney+, Plus, which is now officially the name of the um, streaming service, and said word on the Loki show was first reported back in September by Variety. When it revealed there was plans for a new series focused on MCU characters, uh, who had not starred in their own movie. Scarlet Witch was another name mentioned. Each show was reported to consist of 68 episodes. More recently, Variety reported that a new show was on the way that would also feature the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Um, and, yeah, it just says about that there. That was from GameStop. So, obviously, a lot of people with um, Loki is that they're one of their favourite villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What are your thoughts on this and the fact that they, like we were talking about with um, with the Rogue One spin-off about this one and the fact that Tom Hiddleston is reprising his role as Loki? Now, this has me far more excited mm. than the uh, Rogue One spin-off show. Uh, I'm just going to say very quickly, Tom Hiddleston tweeted uh, a picture and it was, Loki, more stories to tell, more mischief to make, more to come. Okay. So he sounds like an excited man on uh, that front. But yeah, I think we'd heard rumours of this mm-hmm. a good bit ago. That there's potentially going to be a Loki and a Scarlet Witch show uh, getting limited runs on. What, together? That would be fun. <laughs> that would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Um, but they were each going to get a show on the streaming service. And then, as you said, the whole uh, Bucky and Falcon mm-hmm. potential like buddy cop style show. Uh, came a bit more recent but I think Loki is a heck of a one to go for Yeah, as kind of your headliner because he is a much loved character he is arguably can you even call them a villain anymore? Yes probably considering he's killed loads of people um, within the MCU mm-hmm. still to this day Thanos has given him a run for his money nowadays, but we'll see what happens in Avengers 4 when we get there um, to see if he can uh, put Loki to side, even though, um, I said about that, the better spoilers. Um, but yeah, this has huge potential, I think, to be one that completely knocks the doors off, you know, the streaming service for to get yeah. people to sign up. Yes, folks are going to stream up. We're, you know, obviously up for the, a bit of Star Wars. But we equally enjoy 
our Marvel stuff, our superhero stuff, our mm-hmm. comic book stuff. So I think it's a pleasant surprise also to see an actor of Tom Hiddleston's calibre commit yeah. to doing such a show. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure Disney's fairly opening up the checkbook. I could have got Matt Damon to do it instead because he played him brilliantly in Ragnarok. Now, wouldn't that be a fantastic <laughs> thing for the <laughs> Disney streaming service? Uh, now, it's, it's like an in-universe Asgardian like soap opera yep. that involves Matt Damon playing Loki and all. There you go, you're on to a winner there, Chris. Send him an email. These are the days of our Asgardian lives. Uh, But no, I think it'll be really, really good. Um, It'll be intriguing to see, again, this is something we say when these sort of new shows come out, what direction they go. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, right, will he be back to his proper mischievous self and up no good? Or will he still have that sort of slight anti-hero twist now? Yeah. To him, uh, considering... You kind of now seen by the end of Thor Ragnarok and End the Avengers that yes, he still has that edge about him by all means because still in Thor Ragnarok he's still trying to get his own way mm-hmm. and all. But by the end of that, he kind of has he's softened and you know we see at the end of Ragnarok that he's like Thor says, "Oh, it'd be great, but you know if you were here, yeah." And he's like, I am here. Yeah, because he throws the thing and it catches. Maybe this will be how the whole get help thing started as well. That would be cool if you could. Have, if you had a couple of like flashback things. Yeah, would be pretty cool. But it'd be interesting to see if we get a cameo from like Chris Hemsworth or another Avenger. You know, like where it'll be set. Will this be set after, like, say, the first Thor movie, or will this be set whenever he's, you know off world somewhere else you know like before Ragnarok or something like that well it could be um, between even Thor 1 and the first Avengers mm-hmm. when he falls into kind of like the black hole at the end of the first Thor true um, spoilers you should have seen that by now mm-hmm. um, you know in the lead up to him coming under uh, Thanos's command really yeah. you know for the first Avengers you've got that as a perfect window for stories but there's plenty of other things that, you know, he could be up to between then and now. And, you know, it could be set after the next Avengers. We just don't know. Um, That's the joy of kind of being Asgardian and of being in space again, a bit like the Guardians. Yeah. You know, it can be at any point in history because that's the sort of thing is we've seen the Guardians when... There was Baby Groot up the Teenage Groot and mm-hmm. then potentially eventually when Guardians 3 comes out you're going to have Adult Groot again. Yeah. A longer period of time has passed with the Guardians than has happened really mm-hmm. in real... Oh yeah, of, yeah. You know, the real timeline. Yeah. I say real timeline, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Earth timeline, so to say, of things. But no, this is definitely going to be a fantastic one to kick off the streaming service. Um, when it comes to the other two... I don't think I'm too worried about a Scarlet Witch one, if I'm brutally honest. If they turn around and say that it's Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yeah. I'd maybe be a bit more interested in that. Um, a Bucky and Falcon one could be cool. I don't know about you. No, I'm not a Bucky fan at all. Falcon by himself, or Falcon and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but Falcon and... I, 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 don't, I don't get that one. You're not, th- you're not a Sebastian Stan fan? No, that's one that... Out of all of them, I'd be like, really? You want to go for that one? I, I just don't get that one myself. But I think there's plenty of options on the table. So this is the kind of the first few of those. But 
yeah, definitely down for some Loki. Moving on then, as I open up the article. So we are heading into some DC news. And this is, I'm not going to say on the slightly older side of things. Normally we try to grab stuff within the last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is just a shade over a week ago this news came out. But you weren't aware of it when I no, said it I to wasn't. you. So I don't know if this is one that's kind of slipped under the radar for a lot of folks with the amount of news that's been mm-hmm. coming out, especially with the Disney streaming yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's fair to say I wouldn't be shocked if it has. But that news is, and it's coming from Polygon. Um, I don't think it's their exclusive or anything like that. Uh, but that Ewan McGregor joins uh, Birds of Prey movie as Mobster Black Mask. So Ewan McGregor, Christopher Robin, Star Wars. I can't believe they put Christopher Robin's, Robin before Star Wars. Yeah, it's not uh, <laughs> The Phantom Menace has joined the cast of Warner Bros. Birds of Prey movie, according to a report from Deadline. Oh, there you go. They source it back to Deadline. Uh, McGregor will take the role of uh, Roman Sionis, uh, a.k.a. Black Mask. There's me getting crucified for saying that probably wrong. Uh, a deadly and devious crime lord from Gotham City. He will be the main villain uh, going up against Margot Robbie, uh, her Harley Quinn, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, and here's another one to butcher, uh, Journey Smollett-Bells, uh, Black Canary, and Rosie Perez as Officer Renee Montoya. Uh, and then it says here, Cassandra Cain, the second Batgirl, will also be appearing in the movie, but is as yet uncast. Uh, the movie is written by uh, Christina Hudson, Bumblebee, and directed by Kathy Yan, Dead Pigs. So there's obviously quite a heavy female presence in that yeah. because, of course, it's yeah. a Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to see that kind of when it comes to a writing front and a directing front that they've got oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, totally. ladies at the helm there as well. But I think this is a, an interesting little change of direction for you, McGregor. What do you think? Yeah, it's, um, I've no idea who that character is, who Black Mask is. Uh, I think I'm he was not... in one of the video games recently, I could be wrong. Okay, I'm not really overly familiar with him. So, um, But Ewan McGregor's always been an actor who I've enjoyed watching in the likes of, say, you know, Star Wars or what have you. Um, I haven't watched Christopher Robin, so I can't comment on that. Um, but yeah, I've been intrigued to see what it's like, but it is another... DC movie so whether it actually comes out whenever it's meant to come out or whether it doesn't we shall soon find out but you know it's nice that with um, him being cast that we have like a really good male um, presence in there amongst you know Margot Robbie and the others who again I've no idea who they actually are but I suppose time will tell if they're any good or if they're not because we all know what we feel of DC movies and with DC delays and things like that. Is there any slated release for this or...? I think there is a slate somewhere. It's not on this article. but Better not be like December. I still think it's a couple of years away. So it's not December 2019 like the proposed Master of the Universe movie? Which still won't happen. Way to spike the microphone, oh, Chris. Well, I was whispering I know, to him. Even though you were whispering. Um, but no, I'm excited for this now. Um, I think it's fair. Suicide Squad has been fairly kind of split opinion. Some people do like it. Some people don't. Uh, the, it's Again, it's another one of those ones. The more I've watched it, the more it's kind of slid down uh, my opinion. But Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn has probably been considered the shining light out of that movie. For me, I would say it's Will Smith as whatever character he played. 
Because I can't remember. Deadshot. Deadshot. Yeah, okay. I know, it's always, you can sometimes get that mixed up in your head between Deadshot and Deathstroke. Oh no, I get it mixed up between Deadshot and Will Smith. You know, and just Will Smith, yeah. Yeah, and Fresh Pence of Bel Air, you know, so um, <laughs> that's how I get them mixed up. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested to see Ewan McGregor as a bad guy. It's not a character I would have ever expected him to kind of... Do you think he'll go, hello there, twill moustache, twill moustache? <laughs> I'm not sure because he has a big black mask like that. Oh, well... So just showing Chris a picture of the character. Play eyeballs, play eyeballs. Well, you've got that. That's a potential one. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But it's one of those ones that you're like, I'll have to wait and judge it probably after I see Bumblebee as well. Okay. Because this is that's another debate for another day entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been dragged back in to looking forward to a Transformers movie. Uh, I think the last one I was looking forward to was probably the second one we went to on your birthday, if memory yes, serves. Yes, yes. That was not yesterday. No, it was definitely not yesterday. But I think from what I've seen of the Bumblebee and movie in the trailers and the fact that we're getting proper kind of Gen 1 styles That's, and stuff like that. Yeah, the likes of um, oh, Starscream, the likes of Optimus, obviously, we exactly. see briefly, but the likes of Bumblebee, obviously. That alone makes you think, right, whoever's behind this, whoever's writing it, whoever's directing it, whoever's storyboarding it, whoever's mm-hmm. doing the CG and all, has actually sat down and thought about this in comparison to base explosions. It would be almost like if somebody was to do a new Ninja Turtles movie and to make the Ninja Turtles look like turtles. Yes. And not alien freaks, you know, because obviously back in the day they were going to just be called Ninja Turtles and they weren't going to be Teenage Mutant, they were going to be alien turtles. Yes. And then there was a whole big like, what are you doing? So yeah, what I'm basically saying is because my I have interest there for the Bumblebee one, I'm going to be going to see it. So... Uh, if it turns out to be good, then it all mm-hmm. comes back to the girl who's writing this movie. Yeah. So that would have me more intrigued, more interested, more hyped for the Birds of Prey movie. Okay. So it would be. I did have a last bit of news, but I've actually changed that because <gasps> I was thinking of the shock. Else. I know. Um, obviously, we had um, a little while ago. We had our last direct to do with Super Smash Brothers. Yes. What were your thoughts on... Obviously, we had Ken announced as a fighter. Okay, yeah. We had um, somebody else announced here. Uh, in Incineroar from yes. Pokemon. And obviously, <laughs> the Piranha Plant. PD Piranha. Yeah, as a fighter. Um, obviously, then we got like... Um, what seemed to be teased was the story mode, which oh, is yeah. like the thing to do with like catching spirits or whether they're all evil. And then obviously you're going to have to knock them out of being evil to then them side with you. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on the direct. And the fact is that a lot of people, uh, especially one person, um, Black Nerd Comedy, who I follow on YouTube, um, was saying like he did like a live reaction whenever the things were happening. And he says like the Piranha Plant is in a Smash Brothers game before Waluigi is. Yeah. Which is a bit of a slap in the face. Now, obviously, you don't get him straight away. You have to... Is he part of, like, the DLC line No, basically, do you, do you remember that whenever you bought a Nintendo game, you had the wee red thing and you scratched off? Yes. On the Switch, you have to put the cartridge in hit plus, and then you have to register that game. Right. And then in February time, then... He comes He out. comes out for you, so... Ah, right, okay. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and if this is a game that for the Switch you're excited for 
because we haven't really talked about Smash Brothers yeah. and I just wanted to kind of bring that in because it's a couple of it's like um, a couple of days after the PlayStation Classic so that's what I wanted to tie okay. in with your cool cool um, we kind of the only time we've really talked about this on here was kind of when we did our E3 coverage a bit and that was like when the main chunk of stuff kind of was announced for it so between then and now we've had quite a considerable amount of stuff like we've had the announcement of King Karul and stuff as mm-hmm. well which I'm fairly pleased with that I think that was probably one of the best reveals yeah. in some long time because there's like the videos out there of fans standing in uh, like Nintendo New York yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and they get faked out by King DDD revealing himself and, all, yeah. and you actually get that audible oh, and then he appears and the place goes ape it's very much like whenever, unintended. They put, whenever they put Isabel in the game and then they thought it was an announcement for Animal Crossing and then Tom Nook says I've got to go I've got work to do and then said Animal Crossing coming in 2019 exactly. and everyone's like yeah it's there but I think for what is considered the final Nintendo Direct and kind of final uh, info dump, so to say. Uh, <laughs> Sounds horrible. Great, great choice of words. Wow, um, info dump. I think folks were a wee bit underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, Ken is cool. Um, but I think going like, here's your last character reveal. It's the piranha plant. And everybody's just like, Right, okay then. I can get folks' point about Waluigi and stuff, mm-hmm. but even before Waluigi, I could see so many other characters mm-hmm. than the Piranha Plant. Um, like, I'd much rather have other members of Star Fox in here before the Piranha Plant. We've got Falco, mm-hmm. we've got Fox, we've got Wolf. Why not have Peppy Hair in there? Why not have Slippy, you know? And there's tons of other folks you could go for as well. There's a million other Pokemon you could go for as well. We got Incineroar. I think that was cool. The way Incineroar was shown was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, little Mac. With Little Mac. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it comes to the story mode or whatever, it's kind of being yeah. dubbed adventure mode, I think maybe it is. Not what I was expecting. I was genuinely still sitting and was hoping, right, we're going to get another subspace emissary, and then just, like, outright in the direct, he goes, I think this is not another subspace emissary, and I was like, drat. But I think this will still be how you unlock the characters, though. Oh, yeah. Is that you'll have to go along, and then you'll interact with certain characters, and then you will have to beat them for them to join your team, very much like in, say, uh, like that, or with Marvel vs. Capcom, there were certain elements that you would go along, and then you would meet other characters, so there was, like, a, a scene wherever you were battling along and it was Ryu and Hulk but you had to beat the crap out of things before you got to the door and then you had to beat the door down to go through and then it would take over and it would be like Thor and somebody else you know like just a real mishmash of teaming so like with the original one obviously you had like Fox and Diddy Kong together so you would have characters one of my favourite moments in Smash Bros was that the the part wherever the the banana like goes up in the air and then the R the A wing or R-wing, the R wing yeah just goes through yeah. and you're like oh, and like Diddy okay. with his peanut guns and stuff my, like that as well. One of mine was one of mine was whenever I can't remember who I think it was maybe Samus and you're running through in space and it looks round and there's box and Lucario's underneath it and you're just like oh and it's just like those little those but yeah little, it was like that Smash is still I think my favorite Smash. So it's because of that whole kind of story oh, yeah, mode. Totally. Um I think also it has one of the best intro like openings mm-hmm. for the game uh ever because I think I remember it was one of those sort of ones that when we were both working a game that we had on a TV and let it run on a loop. So it did you know yeah. the opening video off it to kind of promo the game and all. 
And I remember the first time I saw that opening and there was just a shot of Fox and the R-Wing flying towards, I think is it, it's like a big space station or sorry, a big like airship from like Kirby or something like mm-hmm. that or whatever, Meta Knight or something's yeah, on it. Yeah. And it's just like firing all its lasers at the R-Wing and Fox does the barrel roll and all. And I'm, I was just like, <gasps> this mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, and then you actually played it and the storyline was amazing. So to see this, this seems very much more a Japanese style mm-hmm. of adventure, story mode, whatever you want to call it. So I must admit, when I first saw it, I was a wee bit taken aback and unsure of whether it was going to be my thing. Yeah, because a lot of people were saying that the music that they played in it was almost sounded... I don't know whether it almost sounded or was something that was from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, you that, know, the, the music threw me as well. Yeah, it was very, you know, like you said, it was very Japanese. It was almost something that... J- could, JRPG style. Yeah, but the the music almost sounded like, you know, Japanese pop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, something that people in Europe and America are just... Experience and... Yeah, yeah. I know I only that's, said one word there, that's, but you know... Uh, like, that's uh, next episode is Serenade with Alan. You know, I, we're talking about William Shatner singing, we're talking about Alan singing now, so... Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, stop. No. no. <laughs> stop. We've just um, lost listeners. But, yeah, I'm excited for Smash. Mm-hmm. So I am. Uh, it's definitely one I'm going to be picking up. Um, it might take me a wee while to get into the story mode, but it's going to be my only choice anyway if I want to unlock the characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is one that... It's one that I've been excited for, and I like the fact that in December I've got that to look forward to, and then next month then I have Resident Evil 2 to look forward to. Oh yeah, it's going to be and, a great one for Christmas. Yeah, so that's, uh, especially with the fact that they've brought out the version, I think it's for 90 quid, which has the GameCube controller adapter and a GameCube controller. That's not bad value so for money, actually. You know, you're spending an extra, what, you spend probably an extra 45 quid, but whenever each thing's 25 and 20, and then you're getting a nice box presentation for it and uh, you get a steel book with it as well everyone likes so. a good box and a good steel book yes if you steel, say so. steel, steel books are the go to thing nowadays but uh, yes nice switch up on the fly there Chris yeah I just thought <laughs> I wanted to talk about something that we'll probably both pick up at some stage you know definitely so that's why I wanted to do that so to round things out and this is not something I thought I would say on a, a retro shock news recently I did I originally hadn't planned this um but this is from Variety, everybody, and our, I'm not going to say headline topic of the day, but uh, our last topic of the day is that Shrek and Puss in Boots are, getting, in boots are getting rebooted. Oh, I have one thing to say to that, Alan. Yes. Um. Mm. <laughs> uh, so Universal Pictures has tasked, here we go, Mel and Dandry with finding some fresh storylines to reintroduce the lovable ogre and the sword-wheeling feline to a new generation of moviegoers. One thing the animation guru doesn't want to mess with is the vocal performances. Part of the popularity of Shrek is attributed to the voice cast that included Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy and Antonio Banderas. And in a lengthy profiling variety, Melon Drandy, flip spit that again, <laughs> uh, says he would like to get the band back together. So basically... This guy is the guy that's been in charge of Minions and Despicable Me, and he's been brought in to reboot Shrek. So I don't know whether they're going for a soft reboot, considering they're bringing all the original like voice actors back, or whether it is going to be a proper hard reboot. I just feel this is something that's totally unnecessary. 
I honestly think that if they were to get somebody else back in to play Shrek, but not, but then bring back Eddie Murphy and Antonio Banderas, I would be fine with it. Because I don't like Mike Myers as Shrek. For me, his voice performance is almost like it. For me, Eddie Murphy is Donkey, okay? Mm-hmm. He's a jackass. Yeah. But for me, that that is a voice that goes hand in hand. Very much like that for me is that for me is his Robin Williams as Genie. Okay, he, yeah, will, yeah. he will never ever that for me I challenge everyone else and it's just the way he talks, whereas that's his normal voice. Whereas Maybe just dialed up a wee bit. <laughs> yeah, whereas Mike Myers obviously isn't Scottish, but we've had him as a Scot- Scotsman in Swim Arid and Axe Murder and Believe and obviously in Austin Powers. We've had him as a not so lovable big guy Scotsman. there. Yeah, so um, it's the same voice is what it's, you're saying it's the same voice but it's just you know because I think they originally were going to cast Chris Farley and he had recorded and he a recorded, lot of stuff but then I, th- I think either they it wasn't working or that was he the time passed he away. passed away yeah. at that stage but Antonio Banderas I can see working because obviously he recorded his lines in English for the English version but for the Spanish version then he recorded them all again in Spanish yeah. so you had a twofer there so yeah. you're like right can you do it all again but do it in this right okay so he knows what needs to be done a wee bit like Vin Diesel but with Groot but I think he had it a bit easier yeah because uh, he only had three, three words to yeah, say in three, different languages at, at the most at the most four you know I'm Groot we are Groot that's yeah. it um, but for me you know like if they didn't get like if they didn't have um, Fiona's Cameron Diaz that's fine um, but I think Fiona's Cameron Diaz Cameron Diaz is Fiona well whatever <laughs> whatever um, but for me Eddie Murphy and Antonio Banderas are the two ones that they should get. Even would, if we yeah. were to have a storyline to do with those two, with Shrek, mm-hmm. that for me would be a better thing to go for. Yeah. Um, I know the fact that, you know, like, you know, like um, with ogres or like onions, they've layers, so obviously they're going to expand and look at one of the layers of, of Shrek. Whereas I think that people will want Eddie Murphy back as Don- and let's be honest he's not really doing much doing much and Antonio Banderas probably yeah, the last thing he probably did was maybe Expendables mm, that's that's probably a fair shout I'd probably say he's probably doing a lot more stuff in his native tongue nowadays I yeah. would suspect uh, that we don't see a lot of on TV mm-hmm. or whatever but I do genuinely just feel that if it's going to be a, like a proper reboot yeah this is totally unnecessary. There is no need to kind of wipe the slate clean and you know start over completely because it's that age-old debate that we have and we've talked about before. They finally stopped doing it with Spider-Man movies, showing mm-hmm. us the origins. They've e- edged away from doing that even when introducing new characters to you know the MCU and stuff. Yes, we're going to get it with like Captain Marvel and all, but a lot of times now they just like to dive in. Yeah. With the characters. Like, we didn't see the origins of um, Black Panther. He just was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, he was already the character. So, I know this is an odd thing to be comparing Black Panther with Shrek here. But, I don't see the point of a reboot. Continue on, by all means. Mm-hmm. If you want to make more Shrek, if you go for it. Continue on, make another Shrek. Make a Shrek, is it, would it be five by now, I think it would be? They've done four, at least. I know that much. I think this would be Shrek 5 if they continued on. But 
go for it by all means don't even call it Shrek 5 just call it Shrek and then have it like have a wee undertitle or whatever yeah, Shrek and Pals or something like that yeah you know but for me you don't really you don't realistically need to do a movie again this is something that you can make as a TV show and pitch to the likes of Netflix yeah or something like that because there's already been a Puss in Boots TV show yeah but it's a case of if they were to go from the Shrek universe but go for people that aren't that well you know like explored you know like obviously we've got Puss in Boots movie we've had Shrek and Donkey on another whirlwind adventure numerous times but why don't you talk about you know something else why don't you do you know like uh, an episode to do with the gingerbread man and his gumdrop buttons or you know like something <laughs> like that or you know that kind of thing it doesn't need to be it could be in the shrek world but it doesn't need to be all shrek related and i think yeah. to be honest with you it's something from f- long something from long ago that doesn't and need, far far away that doesn't need to be done again and to be honest with you i don't see it working i think the thing is it's not even that long ago. But audiences now are different from what they were back then. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so things may be different. It may not be, it may be Shrek and Donkey, but it could be Shrek and Donkey and not Puss in Boots. It could be, like, you know, like adult, you know, like a cat in boots or yeah. something because he's not a puss no more or I think it's just. Stupid. I think it's just that these reboot cycles are getting shorter and shorter now. Mm-hmm. Hellboy, perfect example. And apparently it uh, did not go well with test audiences, so I heard. Really? I heard that the first draft of it was an absolute wow. bomb. I saw a bit of footage online that there was a bit of a leaked trailer went out there. So there was, and, you know, there's only so much you can interpret from a leaked trailer, so mm-hmm. you can, you know, quality and enjoyment from it. But, you know, both of these are around that similar sort of time frame. The original Hellboy and sequel kind of were in the same time frame as when the original Shrek yeah. and sequels were coming out. So, it's not even probably what is it, ten years, a bit more, maybe probably a bit more for the two, original Shrek. Two thousand and two, two thousand and four, I want to say. So I for like the about, original. Maybe about fourteen odd years. But about ten years or so, I'd say, by the time you got to the end of the Shrek sequels. Yeah. So you would, so it's an extremely short amount of time to be just going in and be going a reboot, and of course they see two thousand and one, two thousand and four for the second one. Okay. So seventeen years. Wow. Longer than you think. But um, I can see why they're going to this fella who's kind of behind Despicable Me and the Minions. They're very popular, lovable wee characters that kids love nowadays. Um, But I don't see that being their answer, as you say. Yeah. To making Shrek this huge, you know, big multi-million dollar raking in property again. No. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens with it. Mm -hmm. So we will. So, that'll do it for today for Retroshock News, episode 131 of Operation Retroshock. As always, as I've said before, if you want to get in contact with the show, drop us a tweet or a DM on Twitter, at RetroshockPod. We'd love to hear if you have any ideas that you'd like to hear on the show for the future. Or drop us a message on Facebook, just search Operation Retroshock. Or if you'd like to leave us a lovely review on TuneIn, Stitcher or iTunes, that would be appreciated also or you can drop chris an email on vento 316 at gmail.com that would be absolutely fantastic so like i said that's been episode 131 we will be diving into a topic in the next episode that we haven't talked about on retroshock for some time so i think it might be a pleasant surprise for some listeners but we'll keep that a surprise until next week can't wait to do our shrek review (laughs) 